Welcome to a emergency Cavs the podcast. Uh, breaking news: Kyrie Irving traded to the Boston Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, and a unprotected Nets draft pick in 2018. So. And- up the ante, Zizek. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, how, what's his first name? Well, it's spelled literally ante. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Yeah, up the ante. Okay, got it. So I'm joined by uh, Tom Pestak and Evil Genius and Ben Worth. And since Ben is on European time and can give us the Zizek scouting report, uh, I'm, I'm going to let him go first because I know he's pretty late uh, there. What's What's your knee jerk there, Ben? Uh, that basically, um, I I really think it's it's pretty awful that they didn't get a young player attached to it. I think a lot of people are getting really excited about the fact that the the Nets pick is put in there. Uh, but without having Tatum or Brown attached to it, and with just the general overvaluation of or overvaluing of draft picks. Uh, it's it's pretty rough when the best player coming over is Jay Crowder because because I Isaiah Thomas is just not good. He's just not good. <laughs> he's he's fun to watch, but he's not good at basketball, especially in playoffs. Uh, so I'm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a playoff, a lifetime playoff performer. Shoots 40%, around 30% from deep. Gets torched on defense. Literally is unplayable on the defensive end in the playoffs, let alone against the dubs. Uh, and a a guy who maximum, you know, uh, Zizic, maximum, uh, you know, ceiling. I, I see him as a, a Mozgov type player. Uh you know, except when Mozzie was rolling pretty well. Except Mozzie is four or five inches taller. Yeah, I mean, this guy's pretty long. Uh, he plays hard, but he doesn't have the explosion that Mozgov had pre-injury. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at... Wingspan. Yeah, I mean, he's got a 9-3 standing reach. I mean, he, he is long, and he's, and he's very active, but he doesn't have the skill set that Mozgov has, and he's not as athletic as Mozzie was before Mozzie's knee went, uh, went to wherever it went. Um so this isn't good. It's not good. I think a lot of people ex- who are really excited about the the Nets pick and who have fetish, uh, fetishized this, I can't even talk anymore, of, of that pick over the years because in, in every single trade it was, oh, you can have everything but this pick. Uh, you know, Ainge has done almost a good job of overvaluing that pick long enough that everyone's confused into thinking it was, it was the greatest thing that anybody could ever have. And, uh, you know, you're trading... F- Basically, Jake Crowder for Kyrie Irving and the hope that the pick lands next year, uh, and that's rough. Well, and, the, okay. and there's no guarantee. I, of wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I mean, I get that Isaiah Thomas is a is a defensive liability, and I mean, so is Kyrie Irving. You can make the case that Kyrie, with a longer wingspan and being six three, six four. Um, you know, you can argue based on some of his playoff performances that he has like more upside defensively than Isaiah Thomas, but I don't think you can completely write off a guy that scored almost a point a minute last year. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, straight up Kyrie versus for Isaiah, I'd be with you guys trashing the move, 
especially considering the fact that Isaiah is going to be a free agent. So you know, you run the risk, whereas you had Kyrie for a couple more years. But I mean, I wouldn't not mention him in the trade, like like that he's not even. You know what I mean? And the other thing is, um, you know, all I I wasn't. You know, I I like the fact that the Cavs only signed guys for the vet minimum. So if you look at it that way, they possibly added rotation players for the vet minimum. But Crowder's a legit, um, you know, wing defender. He's got the. I I just imagine Crowder on Kevin Durant on an island versus Richard Jefferson, and I just think the prospects are going to be better um, than they were against the Warriors. So, you know, I I think you know if you were if you wanted to argue that in dealing Kyrie, it was going to be hard to get better, but maybe you could become a little bit different. Um, I think this could fit that bill, right? I mean, Crowder's a better defensive player than most players on the Cavs, in my opinion. Uh, do you guys not agree with that? I'll agree with that. And, I mean, Isaiah Thomas is one of the best offensive players in the whole NBA. I mean, so, in yeah. In season. Uh, you know, this is the thing. In the regular season, Isaiah Thomas relies a lot on pet shots. He's got his little step back in the lane. He has high usage. He's not a great straight-up shooter, and he's not a great uh, creator in the way that that I that Irving has the possibility of doing, especially in the playoffs. It's just the, Irving's gravity as a, a straight-up off-the-ball shooter is much better than Thomas's. And if you look at the numbers playoff-wise, this is not to, like get rid of lazy Kyrie thought. Like it's just irrelevant. Regular season lazy Kyrie is not what the conversation's about. It's about what they got, what the guys have actually produced in the playoffs, and what they theoretically could produce down the road. And if you just look at what they've already produced in the playoffs, Thomas has been abjectly awful throughout his entire career and on the defensive end, both in regular season and especially in the playoffs. And he's been pretty, pretty darn awful in the playoffs on offense as well. When he when he any kind of yeah. efficiency level, yeah, so shooting, not, shooters percentages are way down. I, yeah, I agree he, with you there. Is, it's not even on the same planet. And so it's one of those things where it, the Cavs basically traded for a short Damian Lillard and <laughs> who we all know not, is like your least he, favorite player. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is this is uh, this is defensively a disaster, and whatever whatever Crowder does to make up for you know to to give the Cavs help on the wing, which is good. He's an overrated one-on-one defender, but he really is a good team defender, and he works his his tail off. But whatever gains that you're going to get from that in the playoffs, if you're if you're wasting any minutes with well, okay, with, so here's Thomas, my you know, I don't disagree with what you've said, and. You know, you're absolutely right. If you look at, um, you know, Thomas, all of his shooting percentages have really plummeted in the playoffs compared to the regular season. But um, I will point out two things. One, he has been the only, you know, uh, triple threat offensively on that team in the three years that they went to the playoffs. And so in the playoffs, you know, if, if you're built that way, um, in general, teams can kind of like cut off the head of the snake, if you will. And that's certainly what the Cavs have done to the Celtics. And the Cavs, uh, you know, of the 21 or 25 playoff games that Isaiah Thomas has played, uh, what, like, uh, you know, seven or eight of those have been against the Cavs or maybe more. So I think you put him on a team with LeBron and one place where he really, I mean, I agree with you. He doesn't have the gravity from a pure shooting perspective there's only a couple players that do have what Kyrie's gravity in my opinion but I think Thomas is one of the best motors like I've ever seen and another guy that the Cavs had that did not have Kyrie's gravity but had his motor 
was a guy like Delhi. And you pair a guy like that with a high motor with LeBron, and I think they can become a lot more effective. So, yeah, um, I'll I, give you I, the one thing. I mean, Kyrie does have, or uh, Isaiah does have over a thirty percent usage in the playoffs, <laughs> which is. But, but with, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's a guy that literally doesn't not only doesn't take a playoff, like he doesn't take a dribble off. That guy, I've never seen a guy that just looks like he has unlimited energy the entire time he's on the court. So, you know, when there's no one else on the team that could do anything other than, you know, Marcus Smart spot up shoots, I could see why in the playoffs it'd be a lot harder once defenses can clamp down and have kind of figured out how you like to do all your pick and rolls and stuff. But and he did only play, and he did only play two, like a game and a half against the Cavs last year before his hip gave out. So yeah, but Ben's right. I mean, his shooting, I mean, his effective field goal percentage is for his career is below forty seven percent, and that's for a guy that you know takes a lot of um, he takes a lot of shots. Yeah, so I mean, he, that's, took 30, that's like, he took thirty three shots in that fifty three point game against Washington. Ben, the only reason I'm giving you counterpoints is because like you ended your your opening salvo with like, so they basically got Drake Carter for Kyrie Irving. I just think, I mean, I agree. When it comes to playable guys in the finals. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree with you totally. 100% Ben. I mean, you look at playoffs per 100 possessions, Kyrie Irving has a 117 offensive rating and a 109 defensive rating. Whereas Isaiah Thomas is 107 offense, 114 defense. That is a, a 14 point swing. I mean that's insane. <laughs> it's it's not good. Well, yeah, that's why you didn't. That's why I said that's why you didn't do like an Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving straight up, which would have yeah. been a horrible deal for not only even if their contracts were the same. I think that would have been a horrible deal for the Cavs. But I mean, I you I think it was Mallory or someone was saying, oh, what if he's like eighty percent of Kyrie? I mean, what if he's sixty percent of Kyrie? But you added. See, in my opinion, the Cavs' biggest problem in the finals um, was just lack of wing defense. You know, if if you have to, if you have to live with Richard Jefferson on an island against Kevin Durant for five games, you're just not going to do well. And I think yeah. I, just Crowder, wish it, I just wish they still had Avery Bradley because he'd have been a better piece than Crowder, most likely. Do you think but, though? Because Bradley's not no. as big as Crowder. Oh, he's a better, he's a ten he's a better times wing better defender. defender. And plus, he's yeah, a but guy you can play with a ball. This is the argument you just made, Tom. I mean, that yeah. the having a wing defender that he would have been the best guy. Yeah, no, well, here's Bradley, here's the Bradley's other problem. A, Tom. Bradley's a backcourt defender. He's not. I mean, he's going to guard yeah Curry very well. But I'm not saying I, I like Avery Bradley too. I just think Crowder gives you size as well. I mean, he's a he's a if big it were Bradley guy. if it were Bradley instead of Thomas, I'd feel much differently six. about the about I mean, the trade. He's six six. It's not like he's a he's like a huge small forward. Um, but he's but he's pretty quick and he's heavy. I mean, we've seen him go against LeBron and he doesn't get like annihilated the way a lot of wings are just either not fast enough or not strong enough. The only and, time he gets annihilated is, is from a backhand from Jr. So that, yeah. that'll be interesting to have those two guys on the same team. Oh, I'm and, sure. And, and, and Tom, I think this. you're kind of ignoring one of the big problems is that Kyrie can play off the ball with LeBron. Isaiah Thomas can't play off the ball. And so you can way cheat off Isaiah Thomas uh, in a in a defensive situation when LeBron's got the ball where you can't do that with Kyrie. And well, he was still a 37% three-point shooter for the year. Okay, I, I'll give you that. 
where I actually think Isaiah Thomas probably But why makes... do you say that? I mean, he, he was never going to play off the ball in Boston because they don't have anyone else that can really be a and You can't play a five foot eight guy off the ball. That's why. <laughs> I mean, you just can't. I mean, you can stick him out on the free th- the three point line and that's it. You can't run him back door or anything like that. I mean, Boston did it on occasion, but it wasn't like it was anything other teams were really worried about. What what the problem, the best place for Isaiah Thomas is on this Cavs team is if they go get another point guard and have him run the bench unit. Because that's actually something Isaiah Thomas can do well. And possibly already, even in the... They already picked up two. They already yeah. picked up Calderon and Rose. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't see Isaiah Thomas being any kind of factor in the playoffs or in the finals against anything other than the Warriors bench and with who the Warriors got in the offseason with their length off the bench I don't even see him being that big of a threat yeah I mean I, I I'm not going to disagree I, I will say you know when we argue about stuff like this the wiggle room when we use stats is that you know how much can we rely on the small sample size of playoffs? So over the last couple of years, we've noted every, all Cavs fans of course have noted. I mean, I wrote a really long piece on it that Kyrie Irving's playoff statistics are are a lot better than his regular season statistics. And so that if you're going to say Kyrie's overrated or he's, you know, he's not as good as people think, well, you're, you're basing that on regular season stats, like um, wrap them and things like that. Well, on the flip side, if you want to say that Isaiah Thomas is like horrible and you is unplayable and all this, once again, I think you're relying on a small sample size of playoff stats because in the regular season he had, I believe, the best offensive or third best offensive RPM among all point guards in the NBA behind only like Curry and Chris Paul or Curry and Westbrook or something like that. So what if that's, you know, what if he, you know, agreeing that he's a terrible defensive player, but what if, you know, we're discounting his offensive abilities just because in a relatively small sample size, he hasn't played that great in the playoffs? So, I mean, you could, I think you could make that case. You could look at his regular season and say, you know what? I think, you know, long term, he'll play closer to his regular season statistics in the postseason. It's just he hasn't thus far versus with Kyrie Irving. I mean, you could look at it and just say, Hey, he's punched way above his regular season weight in the playoffs. So there's just some uncertainty there. You know, there isn't. Well, there isn't. We, we all know that Kyrie is just one of the laziest basketball players who's played in the NBA ever. Just ever. <laughs> so during the regular season, we all know it's because he's lazy and just does not try. And then he tries. And even in the, these past playoffs, he wasn't trying in the first few rounds as much as he had done previous seasons. He is, he is, and like, he changed my mind. You, you know, a couple of years ago, I wanted to, I'd rather have kept Dion over Kyrie, but his consistency in big games and his effort level and how good he is when he tries was so clear over the last few seasons that that changed my mind completely. It doesn't matter. There's no second gear for for Thomas. It doesn't matter how hard he tries, and it doesn't matter about sample size, and it doesn't matter about these numbers. If you try to switch anything with him. In the finals, he is going to get toasted. Everybody on the dubs is long and can shoot right over the top of him, and there's just no chance. And again, at least Kyrie, he's got a shot. And so it's just it numbers aside, 
the guy is going to get toasted and is unplayable. Can you imagine playing him and Derek Rose and Shump together at any point? Like this is <laughs> well, this no. is going to be really really fun, isn't it? Like I'm not even talking about against the Dubs, which is like this is a team that went from having like you know somebody with the, the kind of mentality of of Delavidova and. And the skill and talent level of Irving to watching guy like Shump Rose, Calderon, and uh, a, a midget. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's awful. I don't even mean to. Like, well, okay, but here's this well, is a no, disaster. No. I, here's the best part. So I tweeted this earlier. The Cavs now have two point guards under five nine, and one of them has a bad hip. <laughs> yeah. They have the market cornered on on, on some... Smurf point guards. Can we get Nate Robinson out of retirement or whatever yeah. he's in? Yeah, I mean, well, but... I guess somebody somebody said on the thread that at least um, Kay Felder will have a will have a mentor now. <laughs> Someone he doesn't have to look up to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, look the the best part about the deal in my in my mind is the is the pick, but even with that I pick, I, I I still would have rather have had. I still would have rather have had um, uh, what's his, either Brown or or um, Tatum. Who's the other guy? Tatum, yeah. Tatum, yeah. Because who or, knows what? Even who knows if, what the Nets will? Who knows what the Nets will do this year? And they got D'Angelo Russell. They got a few guys that can play ball now. And even the if they awful. And even if they are, even if they don't make the playoffs, which they probably won't. They're still, they still might be in the teens. That pick might be in the teens this year, next year. And next year's draft is not nearly as deep as this one was. Yeah, the, well, but there is, but Bagley is in there. And a lot of people say Bagley would have been the number one pick in this draft. So, right, there, but you're still, you're still, you're still banking player. on a lot of things happening. Oh, absolutely. As, I'm as opposed to getting a guy like Tatum or yeah. Brown, who you kind of know what they are. I'm, bank, I'm they, banking on Rizzo and be. Nick Gilbert <laughs> yeah. being there to uh, to rig the lottery. And, and Gilbert loves his number one draft picks. <laughs> I still think that that's his insurance policy. I think a lot of people have talked about. Oh well, maybe they'll they'll just use that to flip it for another another star at the deadline or something like that. I don't think so. I think that's that's Dan Gilbert's get out of jail free card. If in the in the event that LeBron does decide to walk away in, in, in next summer, I still don't think he will. Although today may have changed that. I don't yeah. know. I mean, well, the other well, part of that is that uh, I I am just shocked that they couldn't get another draft pick out of the Celtics out of that. I mean, at least get two draft picks. I mean, for a guy that's got two years left on his contract, either get Tatum Brown or another draft pick. I just think it's unconscionable that you basically I mean, traded Kyrie Irving for no All Stars, in my opinion. Anyway, go ahead. Well, Tom. Well, Isaiah Thomas is an All Star. Okay, he's an All Star who's not really an All Star. But he is. That, I mean, you, but he but he will be again in the East because it's yeah. really only him traded, and Kyrie in the East. You, so the Cavs' biggest problem, the Cavs, the Cavs starters outscored the Warriors starters in the finals in those five games. The problem was when you went to the bench. So the problem is depth and age. So you traded one under 30 rotation player, um, for two under 30 rotation players. And I mean, yeah, I, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, you know, you're, you're close, especially on, a, on the playoffs. You're going to get close to the, 
overall production and usefulness out of Isaiah Thomas from Kyrie, but I mean, you're also getting Crowder, who I mean, that's a big, that's been a big weakness for the Cavs ever since LeBron came back was like backup small forward or someone that can play his position well. And I think, you know, he addresses that. And then you get the Nets pick next year. I mean, that's not nothing, especially when you don't have any draft picks. I think they addressed a whole bunch of things with this. And if you think Kyrie was going to get moved anyway, I mean, I could think of worse deals than this, I guess. My my problem is I feel like they raise they lowered their ceiling to raise their floor. I mean, I I feel like there's no way this team can beat the Warriors in a in a finals. And with Kyrie or with some of the other deals that were out there, I thought they could. And I just don't. like what like like what like what was a what deal that was out there like that you think was actually going to happen makes them compete with the Warriors? Well, I th- I think Eric Bledsoe is a guy that you could compete with the Warriors with. You know, he's only like six one. He's not like a big dude either. Yeah, but he's a much there. better defender. He's a guy that you can actually match up on defense with, uh, with Curry. You know, and, and he's, and if you add a wing to that, so how is this deal? So if they had a draft pick and from Phoenix and, uh, Jared Dudley and. Eric Bledsoe, how's that not a better deal than this? If they got Eric Bledsoe and Jared Dudley? And, and a draft pick. Well, were they going to get the Nets draft pick? or, a, or like a how, is Phoenix, how is Phoenix's draft pick any worse than the Nets draft pick? I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess it might not be. And it's, the, it's the same level of incompetence. So you don't think you don't put you don't think that's comparable? I mean, you're you're using that as an exemplar. I, that like, that, oh, that is a much better deal for the Cavs. Is it? Because I don't think it's much better. I think it's like a similar deal. It does. I think well, the pick is Jackson and the deal. They have to get Jackson well, not, in the deal. It but wasn't, the question, well, yeah. well, I'm saying. But if Jack- the question is who's going to play this year and actually be effective in the finals, I don't really care if Jackson plays in the finals. The question is yeah. whether Bledsoe and and Dudley are more effective than Crowder and Thomas. And I'm I think sure that Bledsoe Dudley, and Dudley are. Eric, Eric Bledsoe doesn't need hip surgery. <laughs> well, that, they might need some other surgery. Dudley, <laughs> well, that's true. Is, is Dudley four years older than Crowder? And he's smaller, or about this. I think they're he's a little same, lighter than they're, they're the same height. But... He's better, sure, but it doesn't matter for one season. Yeah, I mean, my my. Point... I, I don't agree that I don't agree that Dudley is better than Crowder. To be honest, well, okay, I'm putting Eric Bledsoe is that much better, and the draft picks are a wash. I mean, I, I, Bledsoe is definitely not a better offensive player. He's a much better defensive player. Oh, I completely disagree. <laughs> He's not a better offensive player than he, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, he absolutely is. He's Dude, he, did you watch like the NBA last season? Thomas led the NBA in the regular the, season. Exactly what Ben is saying well, is and a high usage guy. What, what that, postseason numbers or highlights of Eric Bledsoe do you have? When he was with uh, the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. What we saw last season is that during the regular season, a one-man offense and incredible usage, whether it's Russell Westbrook or, or James Hart, Harden, or even Chris Paul. But he's not going to be a one-man offense. Well, I'm saying, when those guys have the ball around them and have super high usage, and they're competent in their certain pet plays, whether it's uh, you know James Harden's pet plays, or whether it's Thomas's, or just Westbrook being a crazy person as a pet play, 
they're able to put up huge numbers. If we're going to use those huge numbers that they put up last season as a barometer for for their offensive skill set next to LeBron, it's just it's not going to put us in a very good position to evaluate talent. Bledsoe next to next to LeBron, he's a pretty decent spot up shooter considering he's pretty bulky. People don't think of him as a shooter, but he's not that bad. He has a much more uh, a diverse game offensively, and. He, he's not reliant on on just these specific kind of actions like Isaiah Thomas's, and he's so infinitely better on defense. It's just so drastically better that he, he is really just a much much better player in the regular season and in the postseason. In the regular season, it's not as pronounced. In the postseason, it's huge. So yeah, Bledsoe and Dudley, I think Crowder is definitely a better player than Dudley, but it's not huge. And the disparity between Bledsoe. And Thomas is so great that for next season. I mean, how can the, you? I, well, I mean, it's, it, hard, it's hard to. How do, I, I'm sorry, but how can you say Bledsoe is better in the regular season when they play basically the exact same amount of minutes per yeah, game? I, I disagree. And I don't think Thomas. Isaiah Thomas scored more points on a higher shooting percentage on a team without any other offensive weapons, whereas the Phoenix Suns had Devin Booker. So there's, that's precisely why Bledsoe. So did not put have to be tasked. Well, then why would, his, the then why would his shooting percentage be like way lower? I mean, his his effective field goal percentage in the regular season this year was not even forty nine percent. Isaiah Thomas's was fifty five percent. That's like a huge difference. When you're when you're leading the NBA in scoring or about leading the NBA in scoring, and you're shooting an effective field goal percentage of fifty five percent, that's a good regular season. I mean, I, I think I don't know. I feel like you guys are having the same issues that i have when i would talk about um what's the player that always sucks against the Cavs? so i think he's terrible oh, oh uh, your, dennis boy, your boy dennis yeah he's no, like not I, a terrible player but every time i see him he looks awful so i just go on and on and on about it. i mean like isaiah thomas had a really good season last year no what's going on and on about is that you had you had Westbrook, harden and thomas who last year all had the same aspect of uh, all, all kind of game all kinds of same season it's later sorry they all had incredibly high usage rates. The entire offense was formed around them, and they just dominated every possession. And in the regular season, it was effective when defenses don't actually game plan against them, and they get to their pet places. In the playoffs, Harden went off a cliff, so did Westbrook, and so did Thomas. And so when these kind of offenses, yes, they're great, and you look at the numbers, and you can use those numbers against Bledsoe's numbers, but they are at task to do such drastically different things. It's not really relevant. Plus, the Suns' spacing last year was a total disaster, and they were trying to force-feed Booker offensively, so Bledsoe's usage and was a little bit different. He was sometimes in a creation mode. He was sometimes functioning without any space. Brad Stevens is a great coach, as much as you know, I know that EG doesn't want to talk about that. <laughs> That's is, is not guy. a great coach. <laughs> yeah, he was, he, great he, coach. What has he won, Ben? What has he won ever? Jesus. How many times do you have to say it? How many? He's, what has he ever won ever in his life? The Gordon Hayward sweeps, sweeps ace. That's what he won. Good for him. He can watch Gordon <laughs> Hayward shoot 35% from three next year. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that these numbers in the regular season. Uh, this is not. This is not hating on a high usage guy. And but it's we we celebrate these guy these one man teams for their numbers, and then we we question why it is they can't do anything in the playoffs. It's because they're one man teams. But also in the regular season, when you play one guy right, or one so, team, you don't play the team again. You're never playing against a, a game plan. Defense. 
All right. So, I mean, I, I made a counterpoint that I did not believe it's it's fair to say that Eric Bledsoe had a better regular season than um, Isaiah Thomas last year. And I, I agree that you can say it's not really an apples to apples comparison because there's all these other circumstances. There's the system you're in. There's the coaches. There's the style you're playing. But I mean, I, I still don't think there's enough there to say that in a vacuum, Eric Bledsoe is a had a better regular season than Isaiah Thomas. And I mean, noted, like duly noted. Oh, I, Isaiah okay, Thomas. I, I'll give you that, Tom. I think. I, okay, so so point Nate, test that. So, okay, so so then it's debatable, right? It's debatable. Oh, like, I I don't think it's. I think it's not debatable. It's debatable for the regular season. I think in the playoffs, Isaiah Thomas is unplayable against the Warriors. I I don't don't see how you can play him. Well, well I mean, I, I, unless right. he's your sixth man. Well, you could be right, and I just want to point out that if yeah. you go back a little over a year ago, Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst did a podcast where Lowe brought up that the Warriors front office, including their analytics department, was actually excited that Kyrie Irving was healthy because they thought he was unplayable against the Warriors. And they thought that a lineup where LeBron was the focal point and he was playing with scrappy guys like Delhi actually was a tougher out for them than Kyrie. And Kyrie against four and a half years of regular season. And it's not just effort, right? It's intelligence. Like even in game seven, when Kyrie Irving hit the biggest shot, he did some really boneheaded plays um, in that last minute, like he is not a smart player, and that's oh, part of that. defense. That is part of defense. Is like, what are you doing? And once LeBron and Kevin Love showed up, Kyrie didn't find himself dribbling into a corner, you know, double team trapped as much anymore because you couldn't double team him anymore. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've gone back and forth so many times on like what is Kyrie's actual value. I will say that I don't think we have enough certainty based on the limited sample size in the playoffs to say for certain that, you know, what we've seen out of Kyrie Irving in two finals, which has been very promising in my opinion, is necessarily, you know, Kyrie Irving and not a little bit, you know, fluky because it's a small sample size. Um, He's a gamer. I mean, he can hit big shots. He's got that kind of Kobe mentality. Um, But I like Isaiah Thomas's motor. And I guess I said, I just like to see, you know, what that motor, a guy that's just going to go 100 miles an hour all the time, can do on a team with LeBron. I think it might be interesting. I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of what D. Wade did. D. Wade wasn't a good spot-up shooter. He wasn't a guy that was ever used to playing off the ball. And that first year, it looked bad. But, you know, then he started doing all these backdoor cuts, and he just used this constant motion um, to mess with defenses. And it was pretty effective, and they won a championship with it. So, well, you'll probably get to see it again sometime this year. Yeah, all the rumors are that he's going to come to the Cavs. So, well, anyway, he probably, anyway by my, he probably starts. He probably starts against Golden State in the finals. Anyway, my my only point is, Nate, you said you didn't like this move because you thought there were moves out there that the Cavs are now could knock off the Warriors, and I just don't think your example of Dudley and Bledsoe and their pick is demonstrably better than Crowder and Isaiah Thomas and their pick. Uh, then then you and I are fundamentally disagreed on that. So I think Bledsoe's a guy you can play in the finals against the Dubs, and I just don't see a five foot nine guy who cannot play any defense as a guy you can play against the Dubs. So, so sorry, go ahead. Ironic, ironically, just as a as a small counterpoint to as we're talking about other things that were out there. So 
the timing's weird, but uh, Andrew Wiggins, with this max offer on the table from Minnesota, just fired his agent. Yeah. Yeah. Who did? So, number one, number one pick for Wiggins? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, did you hear that sound? It was Ben Worth's head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, hey, maybe Wiggins. Uh, is there's great. brain you everywhere. Know you know what? Maybe Wiggins is great in the playoffs. Maybe he's just lazy on defense in the regular season, and that wingspan just makes up all the difference in the playoffs when you don't have to think as much about what the other team's running. You just react because you've seen it a hundred times. Maybe it's just like Kyrie. So maybe his defense solves itself. So I want to throw another if, thing. If out. that's, oh God, just well, uh, how do you explain it with Kyrie though? Because like ben, I explain I'm it with not, Kyrie. Okay, I'll explain it with Kyrie. Say it's effort, but I mean, we've all made that effort argument, and I just get queasy. Like I just don't. It's just hard for me to believe that you can say all of this is just effort. I'm I'm struggling. Like I'm always grasping at straws, trying to figure out if you want to make the case that Kyrie Irving is like a huge asset in the playoffs. You got to square with the fact that he is such a liability in the regular season, and I'm not, I don't, I don't have any comparables. Like I can't even think of another player. Where I'm like, oh yeah, you know who, you know Gilbert Arenas was just like that. It's like I can't. I mean, so we just say effort because it's like it's like yeah. an easy wave of the hand, Obi Wan Kenobi. Those aren't the droids you're looking for. Kind of answer. It's just like move along. But I mean, I, it's hard. It's what the thing is is what it is. I like I said, he is one of the laziest basketball players ever, ever. So. When he plays, but he's also one of the most big-time players in, in history, too. He has come up clutch time and time again, his shooting percentages, all those things in the big games. When he's actually trying, he's a totally different player. Now, How many free does throws that... has he missed in overtime? In his entire career, he's missed two free throws in overtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the thing okay. now... Isaiah I'm Thomas shot talking about his defense. Like 92% from the free throw line last year. You're not going <laughs> to miss late free throws. Let's focus on the defense. When Kyrie goes from being lazy and stupid, which he really is in the regular season, <laughs> and the postseason, less so, but still until it's really the big games, he's pretty. He goes from being just a total liability, completely, just one of the worst players ever, because it might as well be a traffic cone, to a average to maybe above average defender when he's locked in at his best at his best so nobody's saying at least i'm not saying that he is all of a sudden a great defender he's not Dwayne wade in the playoffs or anything like that who was a great defender when he was in his prime he is at least adequate and is not played off the floor by the other team and his offensive talent and the skill when shots when pet shots are gone when the only thing that you can come up with are those crazy shots and, you know, maybe sometimes to the detriment of the overall offense, but when they are playing that way, he is one of the best ever at that. So you're, I'm don't saying tell, that... Don't tell Sean Livingston about pet players yeah. in the finals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, when, you, when you're going about average as far as defense at his max, a max defensive player is... He's, at his max, he's about average. And then his offense is what everyone talks about all the time. Compared to a guy who, at his absolute max is unplayable on the defensive end. And Isaiah Thomas, his, his, for all of that great offensive uh, power, you know, his rap was negative. Defensive yeah, it, was, rap it was terrible. I, I agree. It's, it's terrible. And that was when he's trying. And this is a guy who we just got done saying always plays his tail off. He's never lazy. He is really, he does work hard. I like his work ethic. I like his interviews. He seems like a cool dude. Cannot perform because he just doesn't have the frame. And so, 
it's not one of those questions of, okay, you know, well, how good is Kyrie Irving, blah, blah, blah. It's not relevant. It's the same reason why the Cavs lost the finals last year. It's not necessarily how good other players are. It's sometimes how bad certain players are. And Shumpert was so bad that that second unit was killed. It didn't matter whether they had ball handling coming off the bench or not. They were killed because Shumpert was in. And yeah. if Thomas is playing in the playoffs next year, the Cavs will be killed because he's playing. The end. Yeah. Yeah, it'll hurt. I mean, and, and imagine him guarding like Sean Livingston. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, the and the Warriors have all these all their guards. I don't think they have a guard under six four now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. Uh, well, Steph the other... Curry's not. Steph Curry's only six three. Okay. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. Except for you Steph know, Curry. I, in a weird way, though. I mean, I sort of feel like we can't. I know it's. I know we do. But I'm just getting tired of viewing every single thing the Cavs do or don't do, you know, under this behind this like Warriors, you know, pane of glass. Like, I mean, but how can you avoid that, Tom, when that's really the end game of every season that LeBron's in Cleveland? I don't know. I mean, I just think if you, I mean, I, I, guess I, I don't what... think you have to. I think you can make a choice that just says, hey, we're going to enjoy the ride. I mean, some of the. See, this is the problem with last season. I freaking hated the entire season. Do you know when the season was like the most fun it's ever been? That Celtics playoff series when they just started blowing them out and setting records and it was fun. And it's like we had this glimmer of hope that was like, man, what this team is doing offensively is so absurd. Who knows? Maybe we got like a puncher's chance against the Warriors. But see, that's spent- the problem. That's the problem. The, the, the byproduct of winning a championship, which this – this the city of Cleveland hadn't done for however long, 40, 52 years, is that that's the mountain. You got to the mountaintop. What is there now? And I know it's, look, we, we spent years just trying to find things to enjoy about the right, Cavs that's what I'm playing saying, the regular like, season. That's not the case. You, you, it's hard to do that. It's hard to go back. It's hard to put the genie back in the bottle and say, okay, because you know what's possible. So Yeah, but right really now, I mean, right now. On, Right now, there's, that end- there's, there's four of us talking. Like, we could make a choice to say, man, Isaiah Thomas is an electric player. We hate, like, we loathe watching Kyrie Irving in the regular season and how just god-awful his effort level and his defenses and his decision-making. We're going to have, like, the most hard-nosed, like, lunch-pail player we've had in a long time. Um, You know, the guy that literally his motor goes 100 miles per hour, and we'll probably get back to the NBA Finals, and then who knows? I mean... You could ju- we could just take the mindset that's like, you know, pound for pound on paper, this is still a damn good team, and not look at every single thing and be like, well, that doesn't help us against like the greatest team ever assembled in the history of pro sports. So I hate it. It's just kind of like every well, it's team, all of it. Every so right? yeah. I mean, so... is Chris Paul is Chris Paul playable against the Warriors? I mean, he gets sure. freaking. He gets lit up every single time he plays the words. That is not lit. true. That's, that's hyperbole, that is, Tom. That, that is, is totally true. No, oh, that, that is, is totally only been, last Tom, I've year. Been to I've been to games. Where that is has, totally yeah. true. And that is a very recent phenomenon, Tom. He has, Well, guess what? He's 30 years old, and that's recency bias is gonna. I'm gonna hang. I'm gonna hang on to that. And I think <laughs> no one's saying like, oh well, oh all you did was get one of the best point guards of all time in Chris Paul. But oh my God, like terrible move because he's only six foot and he's slowing down and how the heck are you going to play him against Stephen Curry and Shaw? it's like no one can handle the Warriors there's no one there's not a team in the NBA the only team that I've ever seen in the NBA that I felt like could give the Warriors problems 
was a 100% healthy Grizzlies team, which is impossible to get because they all get injured every year at the playoffs. And even that team, I don't think, has enough offense to do it. But they do have the combination of like defense, um, as particularly backcourt defense, and also rebounding. I mean, no other team. I mean, so it's kind of like well, we- last year's Spurs before Ky- Ky- Kawhi got injured. I mean, well, yeah, they, they they were they had a good showing. That's true. They had a good showing. But I'm just I mean, saying, Tom, I, I totally agree with you, man. I mean, and there's there is the aspect. I think the likelihood of the Cavs rolling through the regular season next year with Thomas is much higher than it would have been with with Irving. I mean, they can with Crowder and Thomas like uh, actually trying all the time, and against teams that don't know how to game plan against Thomas's size because it's just not enough time. They're 82 games. Like, yeah, they could easily win 65 games next year, and it'll be a hot, you know a hell of a lot more fun. And then we can worry about the playoffs when the playoffs get there. Like we can have it both ways, but at the same time, just because that might be true and it might be fun, I'm not going to sit here for a second and think that's ultimately a good trade for the championship aspect. I mean, like it yeah, might be I, more. I fun. understand. I understand. I'm well, just saying. Like, well, and Tom, you got to look I, at it long term too, because Isaiah's a to- uh, a player that's making six to eight million this year. I, it's around six or seven. He's got a bad hip, and he's in a contract year, and he's going to be 28 he next year. Deal. And he yeah. wants a max deal. So no, I, I think as they're a long I, too, trade, I, I want a max deal, too. It's a terrible <laughs> trade for long-term All right. value. Hey, well, you know, since you're on the phone with the three uh, the three Cavaliers here, we'll, uh, we'll work on getting Ben a max deal for Cavs to block. <laughs> he's, been, he's been killing it this summer. The point forwards have been outstanding. And uh, I think yeah. He, I think you do. Well, back, what did Isaiah Thomas say? Back up the uh, brick. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> <laughs> we oh will back gosh. up the Hot Wheels Brinks truck. <laughs> I guess okay. I just want to point out, Ben. I want to point out two things because I I, I appreciate you. Uh, I guess how much is little... that? In Deut- how much is that in Deutschmarks? <laughs> I appreciate you having some emotional empathy for my plea to try to just enjoy the ride. And I'll just say two things. Um, two years ago, a.k.a. the championship season, I gave up on this team after the Martin Luther King Day massacre. Um, there, just, there was no chance. I mean, when you lose by 40 at home to the Warriors, and you just, it looks like you were, it didn't even look like you were playing the same sport. I, I just, it wasn't even the fact that they lost or they lost big. It was just watching every single play. It would be like watching a freshman football team play like you know off of the seniors or something and there's just oh they got this one running back that just runs it down our throat every possession and gets eight yards and it's like there's no answer for that there's nothing we're gonna do we're not gonna scheme around it. there's no way we're just gonna figure that out it's like we are overmatched like completely overmatched and no one gave him a chance brian winhurst spent the whole season on every single podcast saying you got to run out the ground ball the implication being like you hit a weak dribbler, 99% of the time you're going to get thrown out, but you still run out the ground ball in case someone like makes an error. And the Cavs won the championship. So, I mean, it's like, I mean, I used to say this last year. It's like, are we worse off in 2017 against the Warriors than we thought we were in 2016 against the Warriors when we won the championship? I mean, are we really worse off with two rotation players for one in Crowder and Isaiah Thomas, you know, going into this season than we were without them. I just, I have a hard time believing we have less of a puncher's chance now than before. 
I wish, yeah. I, I wish I had a crickets montage or a cricket sound yeah. to play there. I, I think we all, I, I disagree with you, Tom. I think they have a much worse chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I lost you guys. You did. Yeah. Uh, Cole, Cole's Pestac uh, has, has oh, officially. Up, up. Well, to to bring a little outside, uh, whether you subscribe to his his uh, analysis or not, but Kevin Pelton gave the Cavs an A for the deal and gave the Celtics a C for the deal. So yeah, and I read that whatever and- that's for whatever that's worth. Well, literally every argument that he made is the same arguments we're making. He just obviously believes it a little more. I mean, he's not, you know, he didn't find some weird nugget we're not considering. He, I mean, right here, quote, getting two starting caliber players, um, for one, dramatically improves Cleveland's depth, which should help the Cavs manage James's minutes. Uh, okay, we didn't talk about James's minutes. While Crowder, I, I will say Crowder at the three, you can actually play. You can actually put James on the bench and play so, I mean, Crowder he at the three. He, he says the same things that we've said about the the problems here. While adding Crowder is a clear win, Cleveland does downgrade at point guard. Granted, Thomas was better in the regular season, um, which landed him on the All NBA second team. But Irving matched his like Irving matched Irving's offensive performance in the playoffs. Part of a consistent trend of postseason improvement. Yeah, and while both players have been defensive liabilities, Irving's have more to do with effort than size, allowing him to improve defensively in the crucible of the playoffs. So, I mean, he's basically saying all the things we're saying. I think the reason he gives the Cavs an A is because he looked at the position that they were in, and he says, "Okay, you wanted more depth. You didn't want to get like smoked in having in being forced to trade Kyrie Irving." Check, check. And then also you got a draft pick, so you're helping for the future in the event that this all goes to hell and they got to blow it up. So, I mean, check, check, check. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I think it's an A, but I'm saying Pelton's at least talking about all the same things we say. Yeah. He just, he just doesn't get how terrible Isaiah is on defense. He doesn't realize he's a small Damian Lillard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, and the other part of that is, I feel like, yeah, the Cavs got deeper, but we're not looking at, okay, what was the alternative? What the Cavs had hung on to Kyrie, um, and waited for a better deal. I mean, that is an option that they could have done and they could have yeah. waited for a better starting caliber point guard who can, you know, play in the playoffs, wait, held out for more draft picks. I mean, it's not as if they had to make this trade today. Um, oh, he had, uh, he had two two guaranteed years and and, a, and an optional. Obviously, it would have just been the two, but there was time. There was time to make the trade. Clearly, there was a either either Dan or LeBron didn't want to go into the season with the Kyrie situation being unresolved. So, one of those things. One of those two things happened. Right. Well, here's the other side of it. Is, I mean. The Cavs, part of the reason they needed to get deeper is because they screwed up the offseason so bad and added hardly anyone that was going to give them any help. I mean, Jose Calderon, Derek Rose, we've all talked about, you know, Ben and I are both in agreement that Calderon's uh, best playing days are behind him, but he's at least mentally superior to, you know, 
the likes of Iman Shumpert, but he hates Derrick Rose. I hate Derrick Rose. I loathe um, uh, Jeff Green. I think he's one yeah, of the few players too. that is lazier than Kyrie. <laughs> um, it, it, they, I've, they wouldn't need to get deeper if they hadn't screwed up the rest of the offseason. I mean, there was definitely different options out there. And there's still options out there that are better. I mean, I would have much rather had Tony Allen than Jeff. Oh, Green. God. I, I love the idea of Tony Allen. The idea of Tony I'm not sure Allen. I love Tony Allen, but I definitely love the idea of Tony <laughs> Allen. You love Tony Allen 2K17. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not even 2K18, but 2K17. Yeah. Well, All right. I, sorry, I have something, you know, while we have, I, I need, a, I need help. So my, my steam player ID name for the last like three years or four years has been uncle drew. So what the heck am I going to make my new name? Oh man, that's tough. I, uh, King of the fourth, uh, Chetty, the Jetty. <laughs> oh, Chetty, the Jedi. Yeah. I like it. Oh, I was yeah. thinking of. I was thinking of. Is there room Greece. for him now? I was now thinking of. Crowder? Thinking of. It's kind of crowded in the in the front court. <laughs> <laughs> crowded hey, front court. Uh, That's good. I I'm was thinking think- on your feet, Tom. I like it. Yeah, I was thinking of dreams of Delhi. <laughs> <laughs> Delhi dreams. I like Chetty the Jedi. I don't know. Uh, maybe I should just put. I don't know. I don't even know who I like on the Cavs. I really don't. I how about, just, don't even... how about just R.I.P. Cavs damn GM? <laughs> oh, yeah. But see, I need something that... I don't like changing my names a lot. I need something that's going to stick for years. Um, Maybe I'll just do, like, Mark Price or something. I can keep that name forever. Wait, isn't, isn't Kate Felder's uh, thing Uncle K? Let's change it to Uncle K instead of Uncle Drew. I, I think it? He... I think it should be 2016 CLE forever. <laughs> CLE forever? What is that? 2016 Cleveland forever. Oh, CLE, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my avatar is the Larry O'Brien trophy. So. Well, there you go. There you go. <sighs> Actually, no, your your name should be 3-1 Comeback. Okay. Well, my buddy, um, for a long time, his... His his steam name was shirtless Jr. Smith, and his avatar was a shirtless Jr. Smith. And last week he changed it to LLWLWWW. So maybe I'll try to tag along with that idea since the two of us. <laughs> or you could do you could together. do uh, you could do A to Z in honor of Ante Zizek. Up up the ante. Up the yeah. ante Zizek. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure there won't be a duplicate. Yeah. I wonder if he'll still leave the Euroleague now that now that he's been traded to a team that probably doesn't need him. I think yeah. we are going to miss. Like, is he Kyrie not even highlights. on the Boston roster? He is. He's listed on the Boston roster, but is he under uh, contract though? He is, but he was he played in the Euroleague last year. But I don't know. He, there was just I just looked up and saw stories saying that he his intent was to come to the NBA this year. So. Well, I'm looking at his 217-218 salary. It says he's listed at, at uh, 1.645 mil. Okay, so, he so I'm assuming that contract. he's already signed something. Yeah, but the Cavs are going to have some number issues. I mean, they're yeah. going to have to make another deal. They're yeah. going to have to cut two guys, right, if they don't make a deal. Yeah, they have yeah, I mean, 15 I, guaranteed contracts, and that does not include Kay Felder and Walter Tavares. Oh, 
Oh man, if probably, Eddie's probably the guys that are on the bubble. <laughs> probably. I hope Eddie makes it just because in my pet project for the last four years, basically. Yeah. That guy. You like him better but, than Zizek? Uh, no, unfortunately, not really. <laughs> but uh, you know, we got history. Not sayonara. <laughs> Hey, yeah, the, the I mean, best part about it is the Cavs have two guys that can dribble through Eddie Tavares's legs now. So, <laughs> <laughs> because you remember they had the Nate Robinson uh, in the D League play where he dribbled through. To, I think oh, that should be a play. Nate Robinson. They should bring Nate Robinson in <laughs> as the fourth. I said that before. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, maybe I maybe I walked away to shut my dogs up. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that should be a play where they just run. They Tavares sets a screen and they just dribble through his legs. They should just go full on globe trotters. Just spud wet when you need him. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, I, I mean, we did talk about it a little, and I don't know if you want to drop Ben because uh, because it is getting pretty late there. But um, what are some of the Cav- moves the Cavs need to make? I feel like a guy that might be the odd man out right now is Tristan Thompson. Um, do do you think Tristan sticks around? Tom, or they look to move him. Oh, I think he sticks around. I mean, who would take his deal? Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, people would take his deal. Denver or Dallas would take his deal. He has one skill. He has one skill. He rebounds the ball. Dallas would take his deal. They're one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think Tristan has proven his value in certain capacities. I mean, if you're a team that's just set offensively. Like you have a historically good offense, like the Cavs. Tristan's a great piece to have. I don't um, know that there's any guy yet that you could count on to man the middle. I mean, you're going to, you're going to just turn it over to Zizek and Eddie Tavares. Well, yeah, as a starter, I, yeah, that's problematic. I mean, Tristan as a token starter and then Kevin Love as a finisher, maybe, or offense, defense and crunch time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will say that is a really good front, Crunch time front court of LeBron, uh, Crowder and and Love, and you know J.R. Smith maybe at the at the two and then or D Wade when he shows up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I'd rather have J.R. Smith because he can shoot as as a uh, as a crunch time player. But and uh, J.R. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights. Looking like uh, his shot is back. He had a YouTube video last week where he made 21 in a row. Um, okay. I got Ben. Ben. So, yep. first round, the Nets pick and Tristan for uh, Porzingis. <laughs> Done. In a second. <laughs> you know that yeah, the go. Knicks would never do that. Why? First, they for the should. First draft, potentially? That the problem is, is from what I understand, from what I read today, is that every trade offer that the Cavs offered the Knicks this week, uh, you know, and take it with a grain of salt, uh, for Porzingis, they were all denied. The yeah, Knicks, well, it didn't include the number one potential number one overall pick in next year's draft. Did well, it? okay, there you go. Yeah, so I'm saying you. Oh, trade I would. That do, I would do that in a heartbeat. I'd throw in Tristan. Yeah, I'm saying you I would need throw Tristan. in Tristan and eat. Uh, Joachim Noah's contract. There you go. Because you got room to do it now, because that was one of the, the things that this move did do, which was I think it dramatically cut the luxury tax for right. for uh, Gilbert. Right. 
by like 38 million or something like that. Yeah, it, it was a big win. Maybe he can refinance the arena now. <laughs> Would it work with, with Thompson, uh, Shump for Przingis and Noah? <laughs> yes, it would. Actually, that they probably be, Thompson and Shump make about twenty eight million, so it'd be more. Uh, they might might get back Lance Thomas there, which I would do. Yeah, let's do it. Let's pull the trigger. <laughs> there you go. Anything, anything for Przingis. Oh yeah, Love I guy. totally agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think the Cavs are done dealing. Um, I guess. I want to ask you guys, do you think Isaiah Thomas is still on this team at the end of the year? Uh, yeah. Oh, who's going to take him? Who's going to rent him? Well, no, he's he's up. This is his last year. Oh, you're yeah. saying will he be on the team after this year? No, no, no. I'm saying this year. Oh, um, you're saying do the move at the, de- the deadline or something? I could see him making a deadline deal. You know, team Well, needs- either for him or Rose, depending on yeah. which guy they can move. Yeah, jeez, oh, I just can't believe this team has Isaiah Thomas and Derrick Rose right now. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, yeah. don't they forget were, about Jeff for... Green. Uh, <laughs> just, Jeff Green is enough of a non-entity in my brain that it doesn't bother me so Jeff much. Jeff Green, now that they have Crowder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, Jeff, we... Jeff Green played well against LeBron like five years ago, so yeah. he's he must be good. Like, here's my favorite part of it. Like, now Jeff Green is the uh, is the champro. You know, the James Jones role. And we all know what I, you know, James Jones, one of the finalists for teammates of the year, uniquely respected on the, around the league. You know, him being on the bench as a guy who doesn't contribute very much on the court, but still contributes to the team. I feel like they just don't have a guy in that role at all anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, until they send Dante Jefferson, Jones on the last day of the season. Jefferson, <laughs> Jefferson and Fry are probably the closest yeah, to that now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and at least they still have a great podcast. So, <laughs> so think I about that second the second unit's going to be Derek Rose, probably D Wade, uh, Crowder, and then I don't know Calderon. No, Osmond. No, Corver. Kyle Corver. Nobody's yeah, mentioned Corver. Shump can't be on this team anymore, can he? <laughs> he can't. No, I just, I that can't. That is the I, worst I part of this deal is that they did not find a way to dump Shumpert. Well, they're going to have to dump Shumpert if they want D. Wade on the team, right? Uh, so they'll, have to, they'll have to find a way to move him so they can they can sign D. Wade to the bet minimum halfway through, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, nobody answered my question. Do you guys all see, is Isaiah Thomas on the team the whole season? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't see how you. I don't see how you move him now. I mean, unless I mean, who like like Thompson? Who wants him? Who wants a? An ex, I mean, maybe as if you can trade an into you know an expiring or something like that, you do a a, a straight swap. But uh, I mean, he's probably more value just to just to play hard during the regular season. So what about um, what about next season? Do you resign him? Not if he wants the bricks truck back up. How can I? I don't know how you can. I mean, because if LeBron on the off chance, I still don't think LeBron's leaving. But on the off chance that he does, they he, they definitely don't keep him. And if he does resign, then I guess they could they could throw they could throw an offer at him and see what what else is out there. If anybody else goes crazy for him, but I mean, his best option might be to take not a max deal to stay with the Cavs. I will say one thing: the Jay Co- the Jay Crowder contract is fantastic. 
Uh, he is well, yes, under, four more years, right? Three more years, including this year, okay. and topping out at seven well, that's four years. This year hasn't started yet, dude. No, seventeen, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen, and nineteen twenty. Three more years, include. So there you go. I thought it was four more. I, I thought I read it was four no. More he is a free agent website. in twenty twenty, okay. according to Spotrack. So um, and none of those years. The highest of last year is seven point eight mil, and that that's a great <laughs> contract for his. Productivity. Yeah, uh, that's actually one of the better contracts in the NBA. No, people have written articles about that contract. Yeah, yeah. So it just showed you how much it pays to be drafted in the first round and not the second. By the cap. I mean, it's what? the anti Noah or the anti Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Didn't the Cavs? Didn't the Cavs? Dra- they drafted Crowder, didn't they? Yeah, and then they traded him. Uh, for, uh, it was Zeller trade. I think it's Zeller trade, right? It was the Zeller trade. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Who, who? There was two players, wasn't it, for Zeller? Yeah, and the other one was uh, Carrick Felix. <laughs> oh, okay. They got another second rounder or something like that. And remember, wasn't Felix a really good defensive player in the playoff? In the uh, yeah. in no, college? it was Zeller for two second round or two second rounders for Zeller. Is what it was. So and then one of those second rounders was Jay Crowder. No. Yeah. And then then they picked Sergey Karasev instead of the next year they picked Sergey Karasev instead of Rudy Gobert. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the Cavs. Derek Rose is on the Cavs. Do you guys know? Yeah. So one of one of my <laughs> and so is Jeff. So is Jeff Green. <laughs> And one of my big problems with this deal is I one of the, the reasons that this draft pick scares the crap out of me is that I don't trust the Cavs to make an intelligent draft pick. Like I feel like no matter who is there, they'll pick the wrong guy. <laughs> I mean, does anybody else feel that way, or do you think that draft pick gets moved before before midseason? It can never be. It can I never be worse than Gumdrop. So that'll, what, that'll I mean, tell us a lot. I think it'll tell us a lot about Dan Gilbert's mindset. Like, are you hedging on LeBron leaving, or are you going all in? Yeah. So what you guys just take, is LeBron staying or going? Because I've heard this totally means LeBron is going. I've heard that, you know, this has no bearing on it. I've heard that this is LeBron's move. LeBron wanted Crowder and Isaiah Thomas. So what, where do you stand, E.G.? You think Le- LeBron's still um, staying? I think LeBron's staying. Um, at least as of right now, I think he's staying. I think that I think he'll be watching to see what what Gilbert is willing to do with that. With that, um, and I say Gilbert because all due respect to Kobe Altman, I don't think he's the GM really. I don't think of him that way. But um, but yeah, I, I think I think he'll be watching to see what he does with it to see if he's going to hoard it and you know. Use it for the the next, you know, in, in insurance if if LeBron decides to walk, or is he willing to turn it into something even better at the at the trade deadline if there's something available? Um, but I don't think he's. A lot of people think he's going to go to the Lakers. I can tell you with ninety percent degree of of certainty, um, and I can't reveal my sources, but you can trust me on this that he's not going to the Lakers. So, oh really? Um, yeah, so he can he could there's a I think there's a better chance that he goes somewhere like New York or Yeah, that's or the rumor today, last couple of days is New York. Somewhere in that somewhere else in the east. 
because um, he's, I, I just, I know a lot of people think cause just cause he owns a house in LA and cause he has a, a movie company and cause he's wants a career after that, that, that that's where he wants to, I can tell you he wants no part of the, the rebuilding process in Los Angeles, even if they were to somehow get Paul George next year and, you know, and, figure that that out i don't think paul george is going to leave okc by the way i think he's he's going to enjoy playing next to westbrook but um yeah i I can tell you i don't think he wants to play he wants nothing to do with the ball family he wants nothing to do with with that he's got a healthy respect for magic but he's not going to the lakers yeah Yeah, i i'll agree with that one i think the the more likely move would be new york if they found a way to uh, get the whole banana boat together. Um, or Houston. Houston would be the other place. Um, well, cause they already have like two, two fourths of it, right? Yeah. Well, and the other part of that is that, you know, CP3 is a free agent still next year. He did not sign an extension, which I find a little bit shocking. But, uh, you know, CP3 is a free agent next year. And, um, so two of those guys can go wherever they want. Um, and who, who's the other guys in the banana boat? Mello and, uh, and Wade. Yeah. So three of those guys are going to be free agents next year. So yeah, they could all, they could all be on the Cavs possibly. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) You never know. Yeah. You never know. Um, so the other question that I had for you guys, uh, Ben, you didn't answer. You think LeBron's staying? Uh, I was very firmly in the he's of course he's staying camp until recently, and my stuff has less to do about basketball issues as it does about political issues and Gilbert rubbing elbows with Trump, um, and the stuff that's happened uh, and how how LeBron has has taken political action. That's so I think I think point. in terms of of what kind of liberal owners there are in the NBA, especially in comparison to the NFL and what kind of, what kind of league that the players are really trying to make for themselves. Um, there might be some power in moving to an ownership group with political activism in mind. And I would do nothing but applaud him. <laughs> um, not, not laughing at you, Ben. I'm, I'm, I chuckle because I, your take delights me, so I don't want you to think that I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing at you. But, um, yep. uh, Tom, what about you? What, what's your take on Le- what LeBron's going to do? I don't. I have no idea. Um, you know, he's in a. He's shown that he has no problem um, leaving at any time if he doesn't feel like he's in the best situation to win. He did it. Um, you know, once before in Cleveland, a team that was winning 60 games every season and had an owner willing to spend way into luxury tax. Um, he did it on a team with other all-stars and, uh, you know, pretty undisputed good GM and Pat Riley and a good coach and Eric Spolstra. So, yeah, I think if he he feels like next year he could land with a better a team better primed to um, win the finals, he'll do it. But he might not find a better team than the Cavs. I don't know. Milwaukee. I would go to Milwaukee if I were him. <laughs> I, the problem is, is he and you think he and Adeto Kumbo can play together? Sure. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. So my thought it's is, is uh, I'm kind of, 
I, it would be. I'm kind of with Tom on the fact that I don't think LeBron is even going to think about it till the season's over. I mean, he may think about it, but he's not going to make a final decision till the, the season's over, and he's going to see what opportunities present itself. And, and I'll agree with you. I think we heard it from Kevin Sheridan last week, who was the one that called LeBron coming back. Um, oh, Chris. Chris Sheridan. Chris yeah. Sheridan, yeah, sorry. Um, that he said, absolutely, LeBron is gone. He's tired of Dan Gilbert owning the team. Uh, and, and I will say that Le- this has not been a good summer for Dan Gilbert. <laughs> I mean, Dan Gilbert has kind of gotten pwned all over the place this summer. Uh, whether it be Kyrie Irving, whether it be this trade, whether it be the arena referendum, which now is going to have to go to a special election. Um, it's, yeah, it's been a rough summer for him. It's been a rough summer. But he summer. had one of the, he had one of the best summers in the history of ownership yeah. last year. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the Trump picture and that wasn't a good look for him. And he, uh, and, and there have been a lot of rumors between Bill Livingston and, uh, who was it? Joe Varden, uh, told a story about him standing up all the reporters in Summer League. And, uh, Livingston had a story about him calling up and yelling at reporters drunk in the middle of the night, you know, it was, it it hasn't been a good summer for, for old Dan. So hopefully things turn around, uh, for the Cavs. I mean, I don't agree with Dan Gilbert's politics, but most, I mean, what are, what are Dan Gilbert's politics? Let let, let me, let me just, let me, uh, well, you no, missed... I, just, I don't even I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't understand this Trump. Connection. So he was a major uh, fundraiser for Donald Trump, and um, like in like he donated somebody a lot driving a truck. Yeah, yes. I don't know what that was. He contributed uh, heavily to the campaign. Yeah, and and several fundraisers, and you know, kind of as an immediate response uh, right after that, uh, after one of his big ones of the summer, LeBron came out and publicly endorsed Hillary. He also had. The picture uh, when the Cubs came to the White House for the World Series actually in the picture with the Cubs because he was visiting the White House at the same time, which is a horrible look for a Cleveland sports owner, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, and why I disagree with his politics. I probably disagree with the politics of 90 percent of the obscenely rich Americans. So, you know, that it is what it is there, but. Well, not to mention, not to mention, he showed up when the Cubs went to the That's White what, House. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was he was in the White House with in the picture with the Cubs with Donald Trump. Yeah, just, so, just to remind everybody, the Cubs beat the Indians. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spell it out. So yeah, that 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 was that. So, anyway. Okay. Um, so he didn't he didn't do anything. He just he donated money. So he's guilty by association, and therefore LeBron. I mean, I don't think, I don't think LeBron and Gilbert have been like close really ever. And I think, you know, Winhurst described it as a, uh, you know, a, a marriage that you just make it work. Um, you know, Gilbert opens up the, opens up the wallet. LeBron plays like LeBron and they don't have to be friends. Um, but you think this is like a bridge too far kind of thing? Like, I, I don't know. I, that's just, uh, that's what I heard. That's what Sheridan said. Uh, that's what the Sheridan hoops, or I don't think he has Sheridan hoops anymore. But that's that's what Sheridan. Yeah, he, did, he doesn't said. have Sheridan hoops anymore. Yeah, I think Chris Broussard said something similar. Mm. Um, and if we're going, 
if we're going to equate it to a marriage, I mean, uh, I don't know. You guys know more than I do about that stuff, but isn't it, you know, the things add up over time? I mean, yeah. So if it's, if it's yet another thing that puts them at odds, yeah, it's certainly not going to help. I don't think the Griffin situation helped. I don't think the, I know it certainly didn't help with Kyrie and the, uh, you know, the image of instability of, of the Cavs organization is not a great look for anyone. So I think the Kyrie thing could help because uh, it creates that sort of bunker mentality where I'll, I'll I think agree with you there. LeBron, you know, now has something to prove. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So much. So well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's going to, I think it, it'll help. It'll help my argument for LeBron as MVP this year. Yeah. I, I yeah. totally think LeBron as MVP is a great take. Um, so my last question for you guys, uh, can the Cavs beat the Celtics and make it to the NBA finals? <laughs> as long as, uh, Al Horford's daddy, Tristan Thompson is on the Cavs. <laughs> I, <would say> yes. <laughs> I, I don't think LeBron just wants to beat the Celtics now. I think he's going to want to destroy the Celtics now. Well, and yeah. now there'll be two other guys on the team that want to destroy the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, think about what they. I was just reading something where this is what the there are from last year's the last year's team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. The, of the fifteen players on the team, four remain: Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Terry Rozier. Since the end That's of the season, insane. the Celtics the Celtics have traded Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, and cut loose Amir Johnson, Kelly Olynyk, Gerald Green, and Jonas Jerebko. Yeah, talk about rooting for laundry. I mean, yes, you're going to have a new backcourt of Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, which is probably, arguably, you know, in in the conversation along with Wall and Beal is and Lowry and and DeRozan is the best backcourts in the in the Eastern Conference. But um, beyond that, yeah, you've got Al Horford, who's shown he can't really play in the playoffs, and Marcus Smart. And a couple of and a couple of young guys in Brown uh, and one of the uh, uh, they've got uh, not Markeith they got one of the Morris brothers Marcus was the yeah, other one so. <laughs> yeah they got Marcus Morris yeah. so he's probably right. gonna be their starting four probably yeah and then Jalen Brown probably starts the three and yeah I certainly think they've traded a lot of shooting. Um, you know, Linux not there. Uh, it should be interesting. Jarebko. I mean, Jarebko's not there. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a totally different team. So, but it, they've gained shooting with with Hayward and Kyrie. So that's true, but they don't have as much front court shooting. As, true, uh, for sure. And they're not, and they've lost some toughness. I think with Bradley and Crowder yeah. leaving. Yeah, especially Crowder, I would say. Um, although Bradley was tough, tough defender too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and and never, but I think no matter who's on the team, they'll thug it up. But I just don't know if I don't know if they I don't even know if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals to face the Cavs. To be honest, I think. Oh really? I think the they Raptors, got a lot. Better. Oh, I think, yeah, I think, the, Raptors I think be, the Raptors will be better this year. They were they had a weird year last year. I think um, the Wizards. I actually think the Heat. The Heat's going to be a better team this year. I think the Wizards will be a better team this year. I think it's it's not a given that the Celtics is the second best team in the in the East. 
Yeah. The Wizards I, are still so thin is a problem. Yeah. Once they go to their bench, they got nothing. I actually agree with you, E.G. I think uh, the, Heat, the Heat could be the second-best team in the East next year. Oh, my gosh. What happened to all your Milwaukee love, you guys? You just like a oh, band. Milwaukee, Milwaukee also is going to be very need. good. Milwaukee, well, yeah, Milwaukee can also be very good. As, as long as Middleton and, and uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who hurt, no, the guy <laughs> busts his knee every year. Um Parker? Parker, yeah, Jabari. I'm going to make a prediction. I think Philadelphia is going to make the eight seed next year. Well, I I think they'll be higher than the eight seed. I think they'll be probably the fifth or sixth seed. I just know I'm rooting against the Nets. Yes, we all are. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're going to still be very bad. Let's hope. So, uh, was this cathartic for everyone? <laughs> do you, do I'm just gonna go. Uh, I'm no. just gonna go watch uh, that shot on a loop from Game Seven. Yeah. So David Griffin is actually on uh, NBA TV right now. Uh, oh, good. On the phone, so I'm I'm recording it. So I'll uh, I'll see what's going on after this. But um, any any parting shots, uh, Ben? I know I know I I appreciate you staying up so late for Cavs and Claws. <laughs> Uh, no, I would just say, I mean, if nothing else, it makes the regular season a lot more entertaining than last year. So, yeah, let's go with that, Tom. You're right, man. All right, all right. <laughs> what about what about you, Tom? Um, I think happiness equals, um, you know, expectations or reality. Uh, minus <laughs> happiness, one. happiness equals reality minus expectations. So if your expectations are, are are low, you'll be happy. So I mean, I'm just they still got LeBron, they still got Kevin Love. I thought Kevin Love had his best year last year. I I've always marveled at Isaiah Thomas's motor. I recognize his flaws, but um, it is fun to watch him play, and I'd like to see what he does with LeBron. And I've always thought Crowder um, has good size for his position. And I thought, you know, he was really the only guy that could even try to contain LeBron in years past. I'd like to see him apply that to other wings in the NBA and just see what happens. And who knows, maybe they'll, they'll flip this draft pick for, for some more win now stuff. And then we'll, we'll really be cooking. Maybe. What about you, EG? Um, to Tom's point, as long as they can flip this pick, and Tristan and Shump for Porzingis and Noah. I'm all good. <laughs> um, no, but Word. I just ran across a picture that McMenamin posted of uh, a young Kevin Love and a young Isaiah Thomas posing together and from the 2005 ABCD camp. So, uh, and Isaiah looks like he's about 10. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, and he probably was. I'm excited for this trade for Kevin Love because uh, now he's the clear cut number two. And yeah. um and I think he has been. Don't tell Isaiah that. Well, I think Kevin. Well, Isaiah could get there if he earns it, but right now it's Kevin Love, and and I certainly think that he has been more than anyone the good soldier. I mean, his name was bandied about in more trade rumors than anyone, and he never requested a trade. Has always had a great attitude. So uh, I hope he doesn't go anywhere because uh, he's. He might be my favorite Cav right now. So, um, my parting shot, uh, via Candios, um, Kyrie Irving. I hope that, 
I mean, the memories, what do we got? Seven years of memories of Kyrie Irving? That's yep. it's six, yeah, seven, six, 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 seven. Yeah. Um, hit the biggest shot possibly in NBA Finals history. Yeah. Um, a guy who had moves that can make you take a breath away and had some of the strangest quotes. I mean, one of the <laughs> oddest interviews. Yeah. Um, a, a seriously kind of strange dude, always kind of a odd dude on and off the court. Yeah. Uh, I'll yep. miss him. Um, you know, I, I have a, if he wanted to leave, he did it the right way, uh, made a private request and it got out, but I can't really fault him for that. I don't understand his motivations, but there's a lot of people that I know in my life that I don't understand their motivations for doing what they do. So, uh, I wish him the best, um, outside of when he's not playing the Cavs. So, or yeah, when, outside actually, of when he's it'll, playing it'll the Cavs. It'll be a lot of fun to watch, to watch him see what he can do on his own. But, um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, we just, just don't want to see him. We'll, we'll, we'll get this, we'll get to see him play the Cavs pretty quickly though with opening night there. I feel bad for Paul Pierce because yeah, his, yeah. his, uh, retirement ceremony will probably get upstaged tremendously now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I did have one more question and, uh, uh, Tom, did you get to see Dunkirk yet? No, ah, I, some, killing it's, me. It's, I've been, I've been looking forward to it more than any movie, um, in like a decade. And I still have, that's what happens when you get three kids, man. Yeah. yeah well, you know what? Tough. If you, I can tell you, if you have insomnia at all, you should definitely go see it. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a hard time. I have a hard time. <laughs> I have a hard time thinking I won't like it. Um, and I know I said before, happiness equals, I know, but I mean, I'm in the midst of like a two year, like world war two binge. I mean, it's about world war two, right? Like there's, yeah, it'd be hard for you to, to make content about it that I wouldn't gobble up. And I, and I also like every movie Christopher Nolan's made. So, I mean, I'm not saying this yeah, is going to be like the, rest. Yo, so did you, <laughs> What what about have Ben? Have you seen it? Nope. <laughs> well, here's what I don't understand. I don't understand that why the reviews are so good and it's good on Rotten Tomatoes. And I got a lot of people telling me they loved it. So well, but then I will there is give you this, my like, take on it when you see it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I'm okay, not going to say any more than that. Right. Yeah. No, I don't want to ruin it for you. I I want your unadulterated take. So, uh, anything yeah. anybody wants to any plugs? Anything anybody wants to push? I, I don't have anything. <laughs> Living each day to its fullest. Living each day. Uh, EG, anything you want to push? Uh, no. I, 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 <laughs> I'm just a little too overwhelmed by the news of the day. I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to go watch the shot over and over again. And yeah. Go queue <laughs> up my game, game seven tape. I'm going to yeah. make another prediction. I think by... January, um, we're going to be totally in love with Isaiah Thomas. I, I just feel like he is like a Cleveland type player. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a good assessment. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. It's too, it's too hard that. to evaluate it that way right now, unfortunately. I think yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And by late May, we'll be wanting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, it's always Derek. There. Oh. 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 Uh, uh, we'll always have the shot. 
Yep. <laughs> Go Cavs. Bye, okay. Cavs. Bye, Kyrie. <laughs> Bye, Kyrie. Adios, Kyrie. Happy trails to you Until we meet again Happy trails to you Keep smiling until then Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Happy trails to you.